truth, there are times when we're not conditioned to succeed in certain areas. Was it not necessary for the toddler to fall, to eventually figure out balance? In truth, we just get miserable. Oh, I failed. I failed. And we'll just have this repetition of, oh, what do people think? And you know, we can get so caught up in the failure that we fail to see the wonderful things we have the privilege of learning. Have you ever failed at anything? Does that mean you're a failure? The answer is no. I've heard so many leaders talk about their failures and how they grew from those failures. June Hunt is one of them, saying that she has learned more from her failures than her successes. June helps us discover how failure can be an unexpected friend today on Hope for the Heart. Now let's get on to our broadcast as June talks about success and failure. I assume everyone here has heard, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. I've also heard, if at first you don't succeed, you're just running about average. We look at people and we think, that person doesn't seem to be succeeding well. And there are other people, it's just so obvious to us, oh, wow, this person is really successful. Let me just give you some facts. This man came actually from a very poor background. He spoke with kind of a backwards twang. He had a number of vocations, like a storekeeper. He was a surveyor. At age 22, he failed in business. At age 23, he was defeated for the legislature. At age 24, he failed in business again. At age 25, he was elected to the legislature. At age 26, the love of his life, his sweetheart, died. And he was absolutely heartbroken. At age 27, he had a nervous breakdown. At age 29, he was defeated for Speaker of the House. At age 31, he was defeated for Elector. At age 34, he was defeated for Congress. At age 37, he was elected to Congress. At age 39, he was defeated for Congress. At age 46, he was defeated for the Senate. At age 47, he was defeated for Vice President. At age 49, he was defeated for Senate. What does the picture look like? Would you call him a success or a failure based on what I've shared? Yeah, failure. But at least he would have maybe another half of his life to succeed. Unfortunately, at age 56, he lost his life through a violent act. Someone who hated him intensely. Obviously, the facts are quite dismal. There was one fact that I didn't mention. At age 51, he did become the 16th president of the United States. We're talking about Abraham Lincoln. Considered, if you do polls, the most beloved president of the United States. He came upon the scene when the country of the United States was severely divided. Tremendous animosity. And yet, there was something about his disposition. Even when there would be enemies, he would still reach out to them. He would not hold on to a bitter spirit. Now, what about all those failures? What an opportunity to learn. What an opportunity to grow. What an opportunity to become sensitized where we previously were not. There are some advantages of failure. One is that nobody's jealous of you when you fail. <laughs> Isn't it necessary, truly, for all of us to fail? How many of you were 
grown when you were born? I don't see any hands. As a toddler, did you fall down? Of course. Did you fall down again and again and again and again? Yes. So you failed to perform. You failed to walk perfectly. Why? Because you didn't know how. And there were certain things like muscles that were not conditioned to be able to walk well. Now that came. In truth, there are times when we're not conditioned to succeed in certain areas. Was it not necessary for the toddler to fall, to eventually figure out balance? In truth, we just get miserable. Oh, I failed. I failed. And we'll just have this repetition of, oh, what do people think? And you know, we can get so caught up in the failure that we fail to see the wonderful things we have the privilege of learning. There is no way that I could do what I do today had I not had a lot of failures. I've learned far more through the failures than I have through the successes. I don't mean to discourage you, but that is valuable. The tendency for all of us is to attach it to a person, like you are a failure. Have you ever failed at anything? Oh, yeah. Okay, does that make you a failure? No. No. It doesn't. And yet many people feel that because I have failed, I am a failure. And many people assign to someone who has failed, you are a failure. Think about the Bible. Think about the biblical characters. What scenario most quickly presents success and failure? David. He had so much. He had the kingdom. And huge failure because he didn't do what kings were supposed to do. The Bible says he should have gone out to be with the troops. He should have been at war. And instead, he didn't go. And there was temptation that was in eyesight, and he continued to dwell on the temptation. I'll tell you what I was thinking. I don't know of a situation more poignant that shows the dichotomy of success and failure more graphically than Peter. I really can't imagine this. There's been a, a wonderful miracle that's taken place fairly early in Jesus' career, the feeding of the 5,000. It was just amazing, phenomenal, that just a tiny little bit, a morsel of a, of a boy's lunch, he feeds 5,000 people. It's incredible. Obviously, a clear divine miracle. And so he sends his disciples on, and he tells them he will join them later. But they're to go on in this boat, and it's dark now. So they're on the water, and all of a sudden, a ghost on the water, a ghost. And what else would you think? It's Jesus. I would never think to do what Peter did. It wouldn't dawn on me to say, let me come to you on the water, like you're walking on the water. It wouldn't have crossed my mind. But that's what he asked. And Jesus said what? What was his answer? Yes, come. Well, Peter just steps out of the boat. Can you imagine the exuberance? Really, now, just think about it. If you were walking on water, knowing you're totally defying nature, and it's because there's someone who's so supernaturally powerful that you're with, but then you begin to think, this can't be, this can't be. I can't be doing this. And it said he felt the force of the wind. It's like, what if you get farther out away from the boat and then, ah, I can't do this. What happens to him? He sinks. He sinks. 
And of course, he yells out, and Jesus puts out his hand, grabs him, and he is saved. So quick, you have something hugely exhilarating, and then within moments, bang, he's going down. Success, failure. Truthfully, I think that's at times what we've experienced. We will be successful in our lives based on what God has provided for us. And then something takes place, something that we don't anticipate. Something gets our eyes off of the Savior. That's exactly what happened to Peter. He took his eyes off the one who stabilizes him. He took his eyes off of the Lord. In truth, the problem isn't that we fail when we try. Many times it's just that we fail to try. It's like, oh, I couldn't do that anyway. Yeah, I know it needs to be done, but what if I made a mistake with this? We're going to learn, even at times when we don't do what is optimum, aim for doing it at least maybe 70%, don't have unrealistic expectations, and learn, learn, learn. Most successes are built on failure. This is, by the way, my formula for failure. Try to please everyone. Because <laughs> you know it's not going to work. A failure is a behavior. It's something we've done. That's not your identity. Has anybody ever said to you or implied to you you're a failure? Did you believe them? Not totally. Not totally. Good. What was the hardest part? Well, I think the biggest thing was their perception. I think it's kind of a form of rejection, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Are you always accepted by everyone? Oh, no. No? No. Not Anybody here always accepted by everyone? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were all accepted? Of course, we have to turn it around. Have we always accepted everybody in our lives? I certainly haven't. I had to learn that. That's not something that came naturally. Some people feel like they're just wadded up paper. I have a piece of paper. Crisp $20 bill. It's wadded up. It's been stepped on. Are you interested in it? smashed into the ground and you don't care. No. It still has value. It still has value. At times, have you felt as though you did not have value because you failed? If you're going to be honest, I have. When you have been stepped on, when you feel as though things aren't fair, when you know that you yourself have failed, in God's eyes, you are precious in His sight. You have God-given value. And that's precious. That's wonderful. Sometimes you have to tell yourself the truth when you don't feel like it's the truth. That enables us to move from being so down that we have a hard time doing even what God tells us to do. Instead, if we can just keep telling ourselves the truth, we can become the person God created us to be. Life is learning. For me, much of life has been learning what not to do after I've already done it. I just don't know of anybody who's been able to do this continual graph upward. There is no solid line. You typically hear it's three steps forward and two steps back. With some of us, it's two and a half steps back. You know, I wish it could be that solid graph up. Consequently, we've got to figure out, am I really, really learning what God wants me to learn? Well, that's June Hunt, and you're listening to Hope for the Heart. 
June will be back in just a minute with more about making the most of our failures. Now, much of what June's sharing today comes from her Keys for Living called Success Through Failure. And you can find those at hopefortheheart.org. Again, hopefortheheart.org. Let's get back to this broadcast of Hope for the Heart now. And June Hunt in this insightful discussion about success through failure. If we look at what is failure, failure means not performing up to expectations, being unsuccessful or defeated. When there are unmet expectations, that can lead to disappointment. And depending on how much stock you're putting into that unmet expectation, it can lead to despair. And some people literally commit suicide, especially those who are perfectionists. They cannot handle it if they do not do it, whatever the it is, perfectly. We have to also evaluate, well, according to whose expectations. Sometimes we fail because there are unrealistic expectations. And at other times, we are not skilled in that area. At other times, we're skilled. Have you not seen some people, you think, oh, what talent, and squandered, just thrown away? Have you seen that with someone who's a pastor, a wonderful proclaimer of the Word of God? And then you hear about a horrible moral failure, and it breaks your heart. So sometimes it's not lack of ability. Sometimes it's a matter of choice. We can say truly that failure to act in accordance to God's will will bring negative consequences. People's standards may be different, but God's standard is going to be consistent. He has laid out for us his will through his word. Obviously, there are times when we will just choose wrong. We'll just flat go against what God wants us to do, like Jonah. Jonah was told concretely, I want you to go here. And Jonah looks at that and thinks, uh-uh, I want to go here. And why didn't he want to go where God tells him? Because God is telling him he wants him to have an impact on this enemy nation. And that enemy nation does not deserve to be saved. According to Jonah, his mindset is, you don't deserve it. I'm not about to tell these people about God. It's like, I don't want them to succeed. I don't want them to do well. That's where Jonah was. And finally, when God put so much pressure on him, and he got thrown up, you know, <laughs> he decided, well, I think I will go to Nineveh. I think. And huge success. All the people were saved. Well, he's so depressed about that. You see at the last chapter, here Jonah's just sulking, having a big pity party under this juniper tree. Oh, I'm just so miserable. I'm so depressed. These people got saved. So his success to him was a failure. Interesting. I think we need to get our successes and our failures lined up with clear-cut teaching of God's Word. If God says it, do it. Then you will be successful. And if you don't feel like it at the moment, just wait. Your emotions are like a caboose. They'll catch up with you. <laughs> In fact, many, many people are running their lives. They're living their lives based on how they feel. Feelings are so untrustworthy for decision-making. Let's talk about two types of failure. There's destructive failure that would reveal your limitations and weaknesses. If that failure is not processed correctly, it'll keep you feeling inadequate, defective, and it just highlights your shortcomings. It's not a matter of growing. It's bottoming out and staying there. At the time of Jesus' crucifixion, 
Who did not process his failure well at all? Judas is right. What did he ultimately do? He hung himself. He committed suicide. Who's someone else who failed miserably? Peter. He denied Jesus. He betrayed the trust. He betrayed the commitment he made to Jesus. No matter what, I'll be there for you. I'm going to be your man. And he was the man that left, that hid, that tried to escape any association whatsoever. Then what happened? He repented and wept bitterly. He saw himself. He did not like what he saw. Did he commit suicide? No. What happened after that? He became God's man. When you think about it, there's the gamut. Suicide and becoming the leader of the church. The leader of the growing brand new church that grew by leaps and bounds. What we see with Peter, there was productive failure. Productive failure reveals your limitations and your weaknesses, same as the destructive failure. It highlights your erroneous thinking. And when processed correctly, teaches you better options and keeps you dependent on the Lord. What we see is Peter learned from his failure, and it was a failure. But please hear, it is never once a failure, always a failure. It never has to be that way. That's a matter of choice. It's very interesting, when you read in Scripture, Jesus calls Peter blessed. Wouldn't it be amazing if Jesus came up to you and all of a sudden says, you're blessed. Jesus, he's this promised person from hundreds of years ago, all the prophecies. This is the Savior. How would you feel if you were called blessed? Great. <laughs> Great, yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome? How would you feel later if he were to say, get behind me, Satan? When you think he blessed and he rebuked. Peter, I just say he had foot and mouth disease. <laughs> At times he just misspoke. He misspoke because he many times didn't understand. And he was so impetuous in what he did. A lot of times... I would be more hesitant to speak because I know I can be wrong, but he just laid it all out. It didn't matter. Just push. And you know, some people really, personality-wise, they're much more out there. That's Peter. Therefore, I would say that there are some people, their failures are not nearly so obvious. But their successes may not be as obvious either. Some people were just more obvious. When they fail, they fail big. I don't know of anybody else that you know, was a, a follower of his, a disciple. He was in the inner circle. What happened in that story? Do you remember anything? Why would Jesus say to the one he said, you're blessed? Why would he say, get behind me, Satan? you have any idea? Well, the way he behaved, he was trying to hinder Jesus to fulfill his mission. To hinder him. From fulfilling his mission. Yes, now, you'll mess it up, Jesus, if you die because you're our Savior. And this is Satan's ultimate goal. Ah, Satan's ultimate goal was to block the work of Jesus, the Savior. Yeah. The words you speak from Satan are behind me. Yeah. You're saying the opposite thing that I need to do. It would be phenomenal to say, oh, Jesus, call me blessed. But, oh, the contrast. I will say that when you look at the Peter of 
the New Testament, the Peter of the Gospels. It's like two different people when you see the Peter in the Gospels versus the Peter in 1 Peter and 2 Peter. This is post-resurrection as opposed to pre-resurrection. What we see in the New Testament in the Gospels is pre-resurrection Peter where he had some clue but at times he was clueless. He did get it that this was indeed Jesus the Christ and he responded in faith but he missed the point of him coming. He didn't understand the Isaiah 53 that he would be despised and rejected by men, a, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, that he would ultimately die for the sins of many. He didn't get that correlation. The disciple Peter was a man familiar with failure, but in his writings, he urges us to stay the course, to get back up when we stumble and fall, and to go forward in God's grace. This is Hope for the Heart with June Hunt. For more about changing your focus from failure to success, I invite you to get a copy of her Keys for Living called Success Through Failure, From Stumbling Stones to Stepping Stones. You can also get a free download of our smaller guides as well. It's all found at hopefortheheart.org. The title again is Success Through Failure, From Stumbling Stones to Stepping Stones. Just go to hopefortheheart.org or call 800-488-HOPE. Now, here again is June with a very special message. Hi, this is June again. I've been humbled by how God has blessed this broadcast by reaching millions of people over the past 34 years. We've been sharing the vital message how God's truth provides real answers to our real questions. After October 2nd, our daytime broadcast will transition off the air, but you can still listen to our nighttime program. And I invite you to our new website, junehunt.org. Here you'll find my audio teaching resources, just like you've heard on this broadcast. Plus, our Keys for Living series will be available, addressing relevant topics like anger, abuse, grief, forgiveness, marriage and family issues, and many other topics people face in life. Words can't express how much I appreciate our loyal listening audience. So join me as we step into this new season. Make junehunt.org your place to go for biblical hope and practical help where I'll continue to provide God's truth for today's problems anytime, anywhere. June, thank you for sharing that news about your new website. As this daytime program transitions off the air on October 2nd, we want you to know that June and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart will still be here. We're so grateful to our listening audience for tuning in. 34 years is a long time for a radio broadcast, and your prayers and support have meant so much. Now, there are many ways to still connect with June, one being through her late-night radio program, Hope in the Night, and, of course, her new website that's coming online in October will be junehunt.org. This is in addition to the existing Hope for the Heart website. Another new area of ministry here at Hope for the Heart is our Lifeline to Hope caregiver training. And here's more about that. Do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken? You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, 
Plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Be the person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. lifelinetohope.org. Equip your church to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. As we wrap up today, remember that there is hope no matter the circumstance. We'll be back here tomorrow with more about this hope right here on Hope for the Heart.